BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Embrace a new year with a new style of whiskey, Keeper's Heart Irish American Whiskey. Crafted by a legendary Irish distiller, a unique blend of smooth Irish whiskey, bold American whiskey that has garnered over 130 awards in just two short years. Whether crafting St. Patty's Day cocktails or finding the perfect gift for the occasions like Mother's Day, Keeper's Heart, perfect choice. Personalize a label for free on their website. Use the code DAN24 for $10 off your order at KeepersHeartWhiskey.com. Panini America's breaking new ground with exclusive NIL deals featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. They had Washington's Michael Penix Jr. How about J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback at Michigan, rising star Arch Manning at Texas. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net. New features coming out all the time. Brand new license with WWE that's now there at the Panini site. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Make sure you check out everything for the most popular trading cards with brands like Prism, Donruss, and more at PaniniAmerica.net or the Panini Direct app. Plus, discover Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest moments of the week. Visit PaniniAmerica.net today. The official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Wednesday. We'll check in with the Clippers. What went wrong behind the scenes? Also, the book is Three Ring Circus. Jeff Perlman has written that book, and it has to do with Kobe Shaq and Phil Jackson. He'll join us coming up in a little bit. Game one NBA Finals coming up tonight. That starts at 9 Eastern. The NFL shut down the Titans and Vikings facilities. We got this latest from the NFL Network. Tom Pelissero earlier this morning. One more Titans player has tested positive. Still don't have an update on if they're going to get this game in this weekend. Would it be a Monday night? Could it be a standalone game between the Titans and the Steelers? But we'll keep an eye on that in the final hour of the program. The NFL has gotten through three weeks without disruption for the most part, and that's going to run into uh, jeopardy. 
multiple players and staff with the Titans tested positive. So they've halted operation. They can't even go to the facilities there in Tennessee. And then there's their last opponent, the Vikings. They might be compromised, although no positive tests so far. The NFL isn't in a bubble, and that's what we have to remember. Actually, that's what these players have to remember. Keep this in mind. The Raiders are in trouble because some of their players, including their quarterback, Derek Carr, tight end Darren Waller, he hosted a fundraiser for his foundation. And while we can applaud him for that, videos have surfaced of players, including Derek Carr, tight end Jason Witten, they were mingling with fans at the event without having their face mask on. Now, here's the other thing. The Raiders have already been punished. As an organization, $250,000 they were fined. John Gruden, $100,000 for his failure to wear a face mask covering in a game against the Saints. Now you also have the team under investigation for allowing a non-credentialed team employee into their locker room after the Monday night game, potentially violating NFL policy. If there's a stoppage in play in the NFL, it will be because players are being careless. I thought that this might happen midway through the season or the latter part of the season when a team knows that they're not going to the playoffs. And look, they're not in a bubble. Nobody's monitoring them when they leave the facility. And here you have a Tennessee situation. And maybe this is just a blip on the radar. Maybe it's just a speed bump. But it should be a cautionary tale to everybody involved. You got to stay smart here. Because if you don't, then you could have some games in jeopardy. I was told last night by a source the NFL expected this to happen. They didn't expect it to happen this early. Because here we are going into week four. And we may have a team that's compromised. All righty, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Spent a lot of time talking about the Lakers. They go into this game. Big favorites against uh, the Miami Heat. And I want to play what LeBron James had to say about trying to accomplish, you know, this winning a title and doing so in the bubble and degree of difficulty. Probably been the most challenging thing I've ever done as far as a professional. I was I would be lying if I said up here to knew that everything inside the bubble with what it would, you know, the toll that it would take on your mind and your body and, you know, and everything else. Cause it's been, it's been extremely tough, but you know, I'm, I'm here for one reason and one reason only, and that's to compete for a championship. And that was my mindset. Once I entered the bubble, once I entered the quarantine process, the first uh, two days, and then right from my first practice, my mindset was to, if I'm going to be here, make the most of it. And he has so far. Now you have the Miami Heat waiting for him. Jovan Buha writes, he covers the Clippers for The Athletic, and he had a great column, an inside look at the Clippers and Doc Rivers' decision to part ways after another collapse. And uh, Jovan joins us now this morning. Thanks for joining us on short notice. I appreciate all the legwork you did in that column. Let us behind the curtain here of what exactly was happening during the regular season that led to this point that Doc and the Clippers part ways. Well, Dan, uh, the, the way it was described to me was just a accumulation of philosophical differences between Doc Rivers and the Clippers organization. And, um, you know, I, I do think the 3-1 series, you know, blown series lead was kind of the, the, the final straw, but it wasn't just that. You know, I, I think looking at his totality of his work in L.A., 
Um, I don't think that success that he had in Boston ever fully translated, you know, it translated in the regular season. But if you looked at the Clippers playoff resume under Doc Rivers, they were kind of always at or below expectations in the postseason. And I think that, you know, that combined with when he met with Steve Ballmer and, you know, had phone conversations with him several times after the loss, you know, when they were discussing the future of this team and, and what the roster would look like and, and what their style of play would look like, um, they just were on two completely different pages. And, you know, I, I think it's one thing for the performance to not necessarily always be there or, or be up to expectations. But when you're trying to diagnose what's wrong and how do we fix this and you two can't come to an agreement, I think that's where you see what, what ended up happening on Monday where they just agreed to mutually part ways because, um, you know, th this was something that I think had been building over years and even, you know, recent weeks. Um, and, you know, in, in my story, I outlined a couple of examples of, of things they didn't see eye to eye on, but um, th this was not some just overreaction to him losing the Denver series. I think this was something that, that had been in play for a bit. Yeah. I was wondering about substitutions that he did and did not make. I was also wondering, and, and this was, not a well-kept secret that you had some of the players on the Clippers and you pointed to this out in your column who didn't like the preferential treatment that Kawhi and Paul George were getting here. It felt like everybody was all in on the Clippers. Vegas had them as the favorites here. Like it was, it, it, I guess now looking at it, it was obvious that there were some issues there behind the scenes. I'm hearing they didn't have leadership on this team. Like, you know, it's just such a strange concoction here where you go, okay, they want to play for doc. You got two marquee guys. You got Kawhi, who's on the verge of moving into that top 10 all time. They got good role players, sixth men of the year. They got everything they need, except for they don't have really anything there. How did this go wrong so quickly, though? So I, I actually outlined this, uh, some of this stuff in, in a piece I, I reported back in January uh, on their, their some of their chemistry issues. And this stuff just never fully went away. And, and you know, I, I had an anecdote um, of a substitution in Philadelphia back in February, uh, where Doc is is subbing out Kawhi Leonard, and you know Kawhi says something to him, throws his arms up, and, and Doc retracts that decision and ends up uh, pulling Lou Williams. And you see Lou Williams' reaction, and Lou Williams gets upset, and, and he just kind of you know throws his arms up at Doc and, and kind of walks like a, a sad kid going in the corner, uh, you know, on timeout. Uh, so it, it was just those dynamics were at play, and I, I think. The one, the, the biggest mistake that ended up happening for the Clippers, you know, now we, that we can see it in retrospect, was that this team, I think they, they misestimated how that process was going to go with integrating last season's team with, with two new stars. And even if you look at other teams like, you know, the, the Lakers, for example, they still had LeBron James, you know, last season. They, they still had some of those key pieces, you know, last season, season before. So I, I think with the Clippers integrating two stars into that locker room, especially when, you know, we know Kawhi Leonard is not the most extroverted guy. He, he's not necessarily going to be the leader, the, the, the vocal leader in that locker room. Paul George isn't going to be that either. And I think you did have some guys like, like Pat Beverly, Lou Williams, who, who were more vocal, but it, it's a weird dynamic when they're not the best players on the team. And, and traditionally, you know, the, the best players are the vocal leaders. And I, I think they just had this void of leadership this season. And, and Doc actually was that leader for a lot of time. You know, Doc is a player's coach. He is someone that is well-respected around the league. I mean, we saw what he did in Orlando, but I, I just, I don't, you know, it can't always be the coach. And I think there were difficult conversations this team need to have, uh, need to have at times and, and they just didn't do it. So I do think 
you know, they almost were successful in spite of that instead of because of that. If not Ty Lu as his successor, then who? So I, I was surprised to hear that they're actually going to be looking at a, a bunch of first year head coaches, you know, a bunch of assistant, uh, assistants around the league looking for their own version of a Ty Lu, of a Steve Kerr, uh, of a Nick Nurse, um, you know, looking at what they probably need. I suspected it would have to be a big name, someone who could manage that locker room, someone who could manage all the personalities and egos, someone who could enter a win now situation and deliver a championship basically in year one. I mean, they're kind of in that finals or bust situation now next season. Uh, but I was told for, from people, you know, within the organization that they're, they're going to look for those types of people, but they're also going to look for first year, you know, assistance. And, and is there a, a gem somewhere in the league that they can uncover that, that will be kind of the, the key to unlock all of this. So they're mm-hmm. going to canvas the league and, and, and look for that, you know, Maybe there's someone out there. Maybe it is just Ty Lue. Um, But, I, you know, I was also told he, he definitely is a strong candidate. So I, I think for now he's probably the favorite, but he does have other offers. Could Kawhi and Paul George have saved Doc Rivers if they said to Steve Ballmer, look, if we're not going to resign here. If, if you, I, wasn't that part of the reason why they went there was because of Doc Rivers? Yeah, that, that was. And, and that's, that's, that's also what I wrote, that if they end up winning a championship – uh, you know, w- with Kawhi Leonard, that might be Doc's greatest achievement, you know, uh, for the Clippers, because he was a big part in recruiting Kawhi. And he was a big part in them executing the Paul George trade, because th- there was internally some conflict over, are we giving up too much for Paul George? You know, c- could we still get Kawhi potentially without getting Paul George? Or, or is there another star we can get maybe at a, a cheaper price? Uh, but, but you know, Paul George was one of the guys Kawhi wanted, and they ended up executing that trade. And um, I, I do think, obviously, if Kawhi said, I'm leaving in a year, if if you let Doc go, they would have kept Doc. But, you know, I, so I don't think he necessarily called for him to be fired. I, I just, you know, I, I would assume that he just didn't stop it, you know. But um, I, I think, but but as I as I laid out in the story, I do think there was an element of like Doc had had lost the locker room a little bit and, and, you know, not everyone was on the same page with what he wanted or what he saw. And I said during the Dallas series that, you know, everybody focuses on the Lakers. I said, we should be focusing on the Clippers because they can lose this series against Dallas. And, and they, you know, if everybody stays healthy, then maybe they're stretched to seven and maybe they lose that series. I, I said, there's something going on here. The Clippers felt like they were entitled and there was only one guy with a title who was playing, and that's Kawhi. They came in with the swag that, hey, we're, we're great. And I kept thinking, you guys can't just flip a switch. It's not going to work that way. And that's how it played out. But if the Lakers had been playing the Mavs, we would have been saying, uh-oh, the Lakers can lose to the Mavericks. But because it's the Clippers and you know LeBron's not involved in the conversation, I think people, they kind of look past what the Clippers were not doing on the floor. Like it to me was alarming. I think they finally caught up to it when they go, wait a minute, they just lost. They were up three games to one. So I'm not surprised at it. There's still the element of shock, though, that Doc got fired. But, you know, he'll bounce back. But um, I think going forward, like playoff P should understand when he said, hey, I didn't know it was, uh, you know, win a championship or bust. He should know just how important this season was because his coach got fired. Yeah. And, and there was that element internally of they were not, they were embarrassed by the Dallas series. They were not pleased by that. You know, for, for some, they felt that was just as bad as the Denver series. I mean, obviously they didn't lose the series, but they were like, 
Luca sprained his ankle in game three. Kristaps Porzingis w- was out from game four to through game six. And we still got pushed to six with these guys. Like, you know, and, and they're like, what if they were healthy? What, what if both guys were healthy? Maybe we lose this series or at least go seven. Um, so I, I think, you know, anytime there, there's these disagreements, there's going to be a fall person. It seems like Doc has been one of them. Uh, Paul George has kind of been one of them with, with some of the, the reporting that's come out with him. But um, I, I do think that th- th- this had been accumulating throughout the season. And um, clearly with the way you don't lose a 3-1 lead the way they did, you know, yeah. being up in all three games, having double digit leads, being in the driver's seat, relatively speaking, in all three games and losing that way if you're on the same page. So to me, as someone who covered the team all season, they were clearly not on the same page. And, and to your point, they always existed more in potential, more in theory than in actuality. And, and that's what we ended up seeing in the postseason. And they've given up everything with draft picks. I mean, they, oh boy, they paid a price, paid a big price here. Uh, you did a great, great job there. And uh, we appreciate you joining us. And uh, good luck with uh, everything with the athletic there, Jovan. Thank you, Dan. Uh, Jovan Buha, he's a writer for the athletic covering the Clippers. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, Great detail in there, and if you're a Clipper fan, uh, it's on the Athletic website. That sounds like something that Stuart Scott would have said in one of his catchphrases. It would be, Yovan Buha! Kawhi Leonard for three, Yovan Buha! They <laughs> did a great job. I like to see when you, you know, those writers who do this, and I always had great admiration for writers. Uh, when I was growing up, I just consumed everything I could possibly read, whether it's Boston Globe, New York Times, uh, it could be L.A. Times. I just, you know, those people, when they put their byline there, and I just remember reading, you know, these people who were working hard, columnists. Uh, then I went to New York, and you're around all these legendary columnists. You know, Dick Young, one of the meanest guys in the media. You're around those guys. Uh, Peter Gammons, when I first met him. Rick Riley. uh, uh uh, Murray from uh, the LA Times. Jim Murray. Jim Murray. Uh, like, there's just so many. Hal McCoy, Dayton Daily News, blind later in his career, still covering the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, so when when I see great writing or somebody who's done you know good work there, I, I love to point that out. Yeah, McLevin. I don't think he was known as a writer, but I always had to read Peter Vesey's column in the yes. Post. I always. Now I got. I was in there one time. You didn't want to be in Peter Vesey's column. What did you do? Oh, this was Chicago Bulls, NBA Finals. I don't know who they were playing. Um, And what was uh, his name was Hill, Uh, became the head coach of Orlando. Brian Hill. Brian Hill. Thank you, Pauline. And I had David Aldridge, who works for TNT, NBA, and he was our insider at the mothership. And, you know, the NBA finals are over. Uh, David Aldridge comes in. He goes, hey, I got this scoop on what's going on with the Orlando Magic. And I said, all right, we'll we'll work that in. So I'm quoting David Aldridge saying that uh, Orlando Magic are going to hire Brian Hill, new head coach. All right, wake up the next morning. I get a call from my boss, says I have to immediately apologize to Peter Vesey. He is angry. And I go, what the hell did I do? I guess Vessi had something at halftime, but I'm I'm working at halftime. I didn't even see it. And that next morning, Peter Vessi blasted me and David Aldridge. 
And I'm like, I all I was was, you know, parroting what David Aldridge told me. And I actually had to apologize to Peter Vesey. One of the more humbling days, because I'm calling him and I said, look, I didn't have I didn't have anything to do with this. And he was blaming me and he and David Aldridge, they they had a, a feud going on for it might still exist for all I know. But David Aldridge didn't back down from it. But yeah, that was the only time I think I made Peter Vesey's column. You don't want to be in that column. I always loved to read it. I didn't want to be in it. All right, we'll take a break. There's a lot of juicy detail in this book about the Lakers, Three Ring Circus with Jeff Perlman. And if you're a Kobe Bryant fan, you're probably not going to like this book. But I will say this about Perlman. He writes, and it's painful sometimes, but he is a guy who just writes what he, he had over 300 people he interviewed talking about Shaq and Phil and Kobe. And, uh, you know, Jeff writes the truth. He's brutal. But Paulie couldn't read the Walter Payton book that Jeff Perlman wrote. There are some parts in there when I started uh, getting into him, like, ah, I'm going to put this away. Yeah. <laughs> I should be more uh, open minded. Well, you don't want to read about somebody you love, you know, and, and you named your daughter after, you know, Walter Payton. There's a lot of good in the book, but there's a lot of honest, tough stuff in the room. Yeah. Like, I'm not making fun of Perlman. He's doing good reporting. No, he did. Yeah. And by the way, Paulie's daughter is named Walter, um, not Walter. Peyton. Yes, it's, it's Walter. Peyton would have been easier. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you named your daughter Peyton Pabst and you hate alliteration. I also don't like when people name people after athletes, which makes me a huge <laughs> hypocrite. But it was my wife's idea. And she, you know, she said, Peyton would be a good name. I'm like, don't tease me. Oh, boy. All right, we'll take a break. We'll dive into this book. My other daughter's named Matt Suey Pabst. <laughs> It's niche. You were going to have D- uh, Dent, I Dent. think. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. Daughter's named Dent after uh, Richard Dent. <laughs> Singletary Paps. Oh. Fensick Paps. We'll take a break here. 20 after the hour. Back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Oh, Pure Talk is here to help you save some money. If you need a seat on an airplane, do you buy the entire row? And the answer is no. So why are you paying for unlimited data on your cell phone when you're only using two gigs? This is what the big carriers do. They hook you in. AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, they charge you for obscene monthly fees on data that you'll never need. Perks you never use. That's why I'm here to tell you about Pure Talk USA. Pure Talk only charges you for the data you need. They're on the exact same towers, so you get the same coverage. Half the cost. But listen to this. Unlimited talk. Text, two gigs of data, $20 a month. The average person is saving $400 a year. Get unlimited talk, text, plus two gigs of data, all for $20 a month. Uh, Your cell phone, you can dial pound 250 and just say Dan Patrick. You immediately save 50% off your first month. So pound 250, say Dan Patrick. You'll have the option to receive a one-time auto-dialed text message from Pure Talk USA. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. You know what I did last summer? I went to Italy and it was awesome. And you know what I did before that that was even more awesomer? 
I downloaded the Viator app and I set up a bunch of great experiences for me and my family to enjoy. Like we knew we were going to Rome. So I booked a day trip, a walking tour of ancient Rome. It was absolutely fantastic. We were heading up after that to Cinque Terre. I booked a boat cruise for the day, checked out all five villages. It was absolutely gorgeous. Speaking of gorgeous, uh, the captain of the boat that we were on was an absolute stud. He looked like his abs had been chiseled from the god Jupiter's own stomach. He was just an absolute piece of art. And you know what? If my wife had left me that day, uh, I would have been okay with it. Babe, you know what? You deserve happiness like that. Uh, So, fellas, just a heads up. uh, Check your captains. Uh, Anyway, I digress. Viator is a website and an app where you can book travel experiences uh, like the ones I just described. Uh, They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. There's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation and payment options and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use the code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking on the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences, you'll remember. Do more with Viator. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's nothing like a great night's sleep. Every great day starts the night before. Quality sleep can help boost your reaction time and recovery time and performance. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your one-of-a-kind, ever-evolving sleep needs. So how do you take it to the next level? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you choose the ideal comfort, the firmness on each side. Two beds in one, that's your sleep number. Mine is 75. The beds automatically respond and adjust to your movements, so you stay sleeping comfortably all night long. Amazing after a tough workout. Sleep Number Smart Beds learn how you sleep. They provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. It's like having a coach for a great night's sleep. And right now, during Sleep Number's President's Day sale, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. See store for details.
Well, we thought it could happen, and it's going to happen. Sunday's game between the Steelers and Titans postponed. This according to ESPN's Diana Rossini. Sources said playing the game Monday night is among the options that are being considered to reschedule the contest. There was also the thought, uh, from what I'm told, that Tuesday night a standalone game is also a possibility as well. But they're just trying to figure out one more player tested positive this morning. Now, that's four players, but you're going to have to take inventory here. The players, the uh, facility has been shut down. And if you're the Steelers, you know, you're in a holding pattern here because you have to go to Nashville to play this game against the Titans. But right now, it has been postponed, according to ESPN's Diana Rossini. We'll get to phone calls coming up. I was diving into this book yesterday. New York Times bestselling author Jeff Perlman joining us. Three Ring Circus, Kobe, Shaq, Phil, and the crazy years of the Laker dynasty. And uh, Jeff depicts what transpired between 1996 and 19, or 2004. Kobe and Shaq combined, collided, and helped bring the Lakers to uh, three championships, restoring the franchise as a powerhouse. And Jeff joining us now. When did you uh, start to approach this project? Uh, about three years ago, probably. I, I had finished a USFL book, and I was looking for a next sort of project, and I live in Southern California. And I just thought, it's not that often you get three iconic characters in one subject. So when you have Kobe, Shaq, and Phil, it just struck me as a really sort of Good subject to tackle. Biggest hurdle in trying to tackle this? I mean, Kobe wouldn't talk. So when, obviously, Kobe was alive when I was working on the book, and he was sort of, you know, I, the period includes Eagle, Colorado, obviously, which is a pretty touchy subject. And I was told early on, your your odds of getting Kobe Bryant to talk are, are not great. And uh, that was correct. So that, that was probably the biggest hurdle. And uh, tell me the number. I think it was close to 300 people you interviewed for this book. Is it about 300, uh, 306, I think, maybe. Yeah. Best interview you had out of the 300? Oh, well, there were two. Um, Phil Jackson gave me, so um, Jeannie Buss arranged the interview. And I thought I was getting an hour. And when I flew out to Montana to meet him, he greeted me and he said, um, I said, thanks, coach, for doing this. And he said, I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for Gene. <laughs> I thought, uh -oh. this isn't going to go. This isn't going to go well. And then he goes, let's drive around the lake. So it was a three-hour drive around, I think, Flathead Lake, it's called. Then we stopped for lunch. Then he's like, you want to go back to my house? We can go back to my house. We go back to his house. We're sitting on the porch. At one point, we're sitting on the porch on rocking chairs. And um, his chair goes over a cat. And the cat's just got kind of, like <laughs> scampers all over. And, and then he's like, yeah, I'm going to take a nap. So you want to get dinner later? I was like, yeah, great. It was, it was, I basically won the eight hour, like spend your day with Phil Jackson in Montana tour, you know, raffle prize. <laughs> it was great. And then um, J.R. Ryder was on the 2000, 2001 Lakers. Remember J.R.? Yeah, yeah. Isaiah. Isaiah. Yeah. And, um, I didn't have a phone number for him, so I only had an address. And I was going to be in Arizona. <laughs> so I figured I would drive. I have a decent track record of knocking on doors. So I drove out to uh, J.R. Ryder's house, and uh, it was one of my most memorable moments in my career. I knock on the door, and a kid answers. And I'm like, hey, I'm looking for J.R. Ryder. He's like, hold on. A woman comes to the door. Hey, I'm looking for J.R. Ryder. My name's Jeff Perlman, reporter. Hold on. The door closes, and I hear two people yelling in the background. Like, who, what, who is this? J.R. Ryder comes to the door. He goes, who that for you? Hey, my name's Jeff Rowan. I'm a writer. <laughs> he goes, no, no, man. No, no. You just, 
you show up, you show up, bro. That's not bro. I don't think so, man, bro. No. Then he opens the door and comes out and he's like, bro, I'm saying, man, that is not cool. You do not just ride up in someone's house. What's this book you're working on? (laughs) (laughs) It's about the Lakers. He's like, all right, I'll talk to you. <laughs> wow. You really yeah. had to work him there to get him to open My up. My charm and good looks. It won him over. <laughs> uh, how was Shaq? Shaq was great. I got uh, an hour and about 20 minutes with Shaq in Atlanta. He was fantastic. Couldn't have been better. And I'll tell you a quick Shaq story that I just loved is um, I was interviewing him. And in the middle of the interview, his cell phone rings. And he goes, excuse me. He picks his cell phone and he's on FaceTime and he's, Clearly, none of this. He doesn't care that I'm there as far as this regards, but it's his daughter. His daughter says something like, uh, hey, daddy, I just wanted you to know that so-and-so, I think it was a, a mother of a friend of hers, died. And she said, you know, I just want you to know that so-and-so's mom died. It's really sad. And Shaq goes to her. He goes, I, I will never forget this. He goes, listen, I'm paying for the funeral. Make sure they know they don't have to pay for a single thing. I'm taking care of all the expenses. Just make sure they know I'm paying for it all, okay? All right, Daddy. Thanks. I love you. You're the best. Click. Bye. So, what were we talking about? It was one of the nicest <laughs> three second moments I've ever witnessed in my life. So. What do we clear up in this book, Jeff? I mean, I feel like I do kind of get to the root of the relationship. I think it is awkward. Obviously, the book was written all completely before Kobe Bryant's passing, so it's kind of awkward to talk about some of it. I do think the root of the Shaq Kobe troubles kind of go on Kobe Bryant. Um, I think he arrived, you know, he arrived for his first meeting, his first team meeting in 1996 in Hawaii. Everyone's gathered around. Dell Harris is a coach. All right, everyone, let's just do quick introductions. All right. Hey, I'm Nick Van Exel from Cincinnati. Hey, I'm Eddie Jones. Yo, my name's Kobe Bryant, Lower Marion. Nobody here is going to punk me. Like (laughs) that was his sort of, Hey, I'm Kobe Bryant. And players are, you know, guys are like, yeah, that did not go over well. And Shaq really wanted through the years, this relationship. He wanted, you know, we, he talked about it, the Batman, Robin, the big brother, little brother. And Kobe didn't want that at all. Like didn't want that at all. When, when Kobe got married to his wife, Vanessa in Dana point, zero teammates were invited. Most of the teammates didn't know the wedding was happening. Most of the teammates didn't know he was even dating someone. His, Throughout his career, veterans were brought in one after another after. Like J.R. Reed told me a great story. J.R. Reed was acquired in the Glen Rice trade from Charlotte. And Jerry West loved J.R. Reed. He said, I really love the way you work with young players. Can you help? Can you bring Kobe more into the team? J.R. Reed's like, I'm on it. I got it. They're on the plane. Yo, Kobe, why don't you come back here? Play cards with us. Nah, I'm good. Yo, Kobe, we're all going out to eat. Five of us are going out to eat. Why don't you come with us? Nah, I'm good. Yo, Kobe, we're all going to a movie. We're all going to see a movie. Nah, I'm good. He actually went back to Jerry West and said, there's nothing I can do here. And I just think that relationship truly was a guy, Shaquille O'Neal, who wanted a bond and wanted to be this guy to this other guy. And another guy, and it's not a criticism of him because it's just who he was. Kobe Bryant just didn't want that. Like he had no need for it. He didn't see it as anything he required. When he was going through the sexual assault situation in 2003, he reports a training camp first day. He's late and he's surrounded by reporters and someone says, um, are you going to turn to your teammates for support during this time? And his reaction, his actual response was, why would I do that? Like he just was not a person who sought that or needed it. And it drove a real wedge, I think, between the two of them in many ways. I remember being in Dallas and the Lakers were in town. They were going to play the Mavs. Right. And I think it was the night before 
and Shaq, Rick Fox, a couple other players were out. And I approached Rick Fox, and then I said, um, hey, where's Kobe? And he goes, he, he did, and then he goes, Shaq, come here, come here, come here, come here. And he goes, he wants to know where Kobe is. And, and Shaq goes, he don't come out. He don't come out. And then he started laughing like it was the craziest thing that I'd ever asked, that where's, where's Kobe? And he said he stays in his room all the time. Wait, I'll, I'll tell you two quickies. Um, John Sally was with the uh, Lakers for one year, Phil Jackson's first year. And he told me one night he got Kobe to come out in South Beach. And he, it was a huge win for John Sally, getting Kobe Ryan to come out in South Beach. And um, they're at a club. It's 1030. John Sally is on top of the world because he got Kobe to come out. <laughs> Kobe looks at his watch and he's like, uh, yeah, man, I got to go. And John Sally's like, you got it's 1030. What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I got to work out at five tomorrow morning. I can't. I, I got to go. And then when I was with Shaq, one thing he said to me that I just thought was really kind of telling and interesting. I said to him, it was my last question I asked him. I was like, uh, you know, you always gave yourself nicknames, but it was it was jovial. It was, it was always with a wink. You know, it was always like Shaq Dizon, the big Aristotle, but it was never serious. It wasn't like he was really calling himself that. And I said, and Shaq and Kobe nicknamed himself Black Mama but he seemed like he literally sort of viewed himself as the black mama. Like it yeah. was a thing to him. And Shaq kind of, he smiled and he goes, now you know what I was dealing with, bro. He's Jeff Perlman. The book is three ring circus, Kobe, Shaq, Phil, the crazy years of the Laker dynasty. I love the uh, draft day story with uh, the Nets and John Calipari. And, and I read it and I was cringing that here's Calipari trying to do something in New Jersey, and he's got a chance to draft Kobe. Pick up the story from there. Well, the Nets are going to do it. They have the eighth pick in the draft. John Nash is a general manager. John Calipari is a first-year coach. And here's Kobe Bryant. And he's a regional star. That's the other thing. Lower Marion, not that far away from, from East Rutherford. So they have decided. They've worked out Kobe four or five times. They love him. The one thing they did, they actually, it's funny, they screwed up something. They, they had to fly Kobe from his workout in New Jersey to L.A., and they put him in a middle seat Ooh. on a Delta flight for, uh, for the flight. And uh, his agents were not happy about that. But they still, they love Kobe Bryant. And they work him out. And the day before the draft, they call Pam and Joe, Kobe's parents. And they say, um, how do you feel about us drafting your son? Because Kobe was only 17 at the time. So they actually had to say to the parents, parents like, yeah, it's great. Well, we'd love that. He's close by. Right, so Kobe has a sneaker deal with Adidas, worked out with Sonny Vaccaro. That's done. And Adidas does not want Kobe Bryant playing East Rutherford for the freaking Khalid Reed and Ed O'Bannon. They just don't <laughs> want that. And Jerry and Artelum, uh, Kobe's agent, are close. And Jerry West works out Kobe Bryant twice. It's the two best workouts he's ever seen anyone give, ever. He decimated Dante Jones, and then he decimated Michael Cooper in back-to-back workouts. And he wants Kobe Bryant. So they kind of – everything is working behind the scenes here. He wants – they want Kobe. Adidas want Kobe. The day before the draft, Kobe calls John Calipari and says, um, yeah, coach, I've been thinking about it, and I don't want to, uh, I don't really want to play near my parents. I don't want to be near my parents. I kind of want to get away. So I don't really want you guys to draft me. Well, Cal, he's like in his mid-30s. This is his first draft. You know, he's a little high energy. He goes to John Nash, and he's like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? This is, he doesn't want to play for us. And John Nash is like, calm down. It's all just a ploy. Don't worry about it. Well, then Kobe's agent calls John Calipari. He's like, listen. Don't draft Kobe. If you draft Kobe, he's probably going to either play in Italy for the year or sit out. He's not going to play for you. 
Calipari to John Nash. Oh my God, what are we going to do? This is the worst thing ever. The best moment happens. Um, Kerry Kittles of Villanova, All-American, good fire, is represented by David Falk. David Falk calls John Calipari and says, you know, Cal, Kerry really wants to play for the Nets. He wants to stay regional. Um, if you don't draft him, I cannot promise you that I will be having players, free, free agents go to the Nets. <laughs> Calipari's like, holy crap, what the hell? Again, John, what are we going to do? Calm down. Just the thing. So John Nash is convinced the night before the draft, we're, it's okay. We're going to take Kobe Bryant. This is going to be a generational player for our franchise. The next day, Calipari holds a meeting. And the one thing in Cal's contract, he had final personnel say over his general manager. Mm. He holds this meeting. John Nash is there. And he goes, uh, all right, guys, here's what we're going to do. Kerry Kittles is on the board at number eight. We're going with Kerry Kittles. If not, we're taking Kobe Bryant. And John Nash is absolutely devastated. And as soon as the Nets announce, or David Stern announces, the Nets have selected Kerry Kittles, guard Villanova. Jerry West knows what the next four picks are. None of them have shown an interest in Kobe Bryant. And when they draft, when uh, Charlotte picks Bryant and they make the swap for Vladi Divac, Jerry West goes into Jerry Buss's office and says, I just got you the best player in this draft. Oh, poor Cal. Poor yeah. Cal. If I gave you one basketball question for Kobe, what would it have been? Oh, man. I mean, the thing I'm fascinated with him truly is he, he arrived and this is to his credit, 1 million percent. He arrived knowing he was going to be the next Michael Jordan. Like it wasn't a doubt for him. It was zero doubt. He arrived knowing he was better than Eddie Jones and should be starting. And he resented Dell Harris for not letting him start. He arrived knowing there should be post when Dell Harris was a coach, Kobe goes to him as a rookie and says, coach, why don't you have more post-up plays for me down low? <laughs> Dale Harris's response is because we have Shaquille O'Neal. Like the confidence, the one thing I feel like I don't fully understand about Kobe Ryan, and I would love to, I wish I had the opportunity, was um, where does that level of self-assuredness and wherewithal, and like he didn't care what his teammates thought about him, to his credit. He didn't care. Whatever they were saying about him, he didn't care. I think one of the things that bothered him about Shaq is Shaq was sort of sitting in judgment of him, and he actually didn't sit. He didn't care. Like he, it was, it was like off his shoulder. You know, he didn't care. And I just, I wish I had that. I'm sure most people wish they had that. He had that ability where he was just deaf to it all. I'm here to play basketball. And I would love to understand that better than I do. So it didn't bother him what people thought of him, but he would sit in judgment of others. Well. I think what bothered him, there were things about, just as an example, there were things about Shaq that really bothered him. Um, the free throw thing killed him, just killed him. He, he, I asked, you know, I talked to Derek Harper, former Laker, longtime NBA guy, and I was like, about Shaq and free throws. And he was very blunt about it. He said, I will give you the secret to why Shaq wasn't good at free throws. And I was waiting for this big answer. And he goes, because he didn't work at it. He's like, he just didn't work at it. Like, he didn't work hard enough at it. That crap drove... Kobe crazy. He did not understand how you could not hit 70% of your free throws and why you wouldn't work hard at it. So he definitely sat in judgment of Shaq with that. He definitely felt Shaq didn't work hard enough. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but he didn't, he didn't feel he worked hard enough. So it was the basketball things that bothered him. But was it, you know, was he sitting in judgment that Shaq was off making, you know, mediocre movies or doing this or doing that? No. He just, how does this affect me? Yeah. And you not shooting free throws affects me directly. Good luck with the book. Fascinating read. 
Uh, it it uh, well researched as always with you, and uh, at times it, it was painful to read some of the things about Kobe. Uh, a three ring circus: Kobe, Shaq, Phil, and the crazy years of the Laker dynasty. Uh, Jeff, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. All right, thanks, Dan. All right, thanks, Jeff Perlman. Uh, as Paulie points out, you know that he wrote that book on Walter Payton, and, and it was brutally honest. I think, and Paulie had a problem reading about Walter Payton that way. Not a problem with Jeff; he's doing his job. But it's uh, you know your your youth sports heroes. You could uh, put on the blinders, I guess. Take a break. Last call for phone calls. What's in store tomorrow? What we've learned. All of that coming up next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Got some quick math for you. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, and delivering your product or service, the more margin you have, the more money you keep. Right? That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, borrowing, everything else costs more. So let's reduce that. 
the headaches, the cost. Smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system that brings accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and brings it onto one platform. One source of truth. So you're only paying for that. It reduces IT costs because NetSuite lives in the clouds. No hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash Patrick right now and save NetSuite.com slash Patrick. This award-nominated program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Be prepared for whatever comes your way. It's the all-new GT four-door coupe because life is a race. Visit your local dealership for a test drive today. If you miss any of our interviews from the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave, all you have to do is go to danpatrick.com. You can watch and listen from inside the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave, Mercedes-AMG driving performance. Let me go back to a point that Jeff Perlman brought up in the book, Three Ring Circus, about Shaq and Kobe and Phil Jackson. In fairness to Kobe... If you have Shaq saying, boy, I want him to be my little brother there. I don't know if you've ever been a little brother. It's not a lot of fun. I have two older brothers. And while I, you know, love them and admire them, uh, I don't want to be their little brother. And I'm sure Kobe coming in going, I don't want to be your little brother. That's just not who he is. So just because Shaq wanted it, that's Shaq saying, hey, you're always going to have to defer to me. Like, I'm the guy in charge here. Like, this is my franchise. Kobe Kobe just didn't look at it that way. And Shaq was a literally and figuratively a big deal. But Kobe was never, you know, he never felt inferior and, you know, thought that eventually this is going to be my team. You know, I'm going to be one. I'm going to be the next Michael Jordan. Yeah, see. Hey, welcome to the team. How'd you like to be my little brother? Yeah. <laughs> uh, nah, dude, I'm good. Yeah. Thanks, though. Yeah. Maybe somebody else. Maybe Eddie Jones will be your little brother. I don't want to be your little brother. Uh, let's see. Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, says that the Titans and Steelers will either play Monday or Tuesday, source said. So being postponed, but not for very long. Yeah. That was the information I had uh, Tuesday. And uh, he just confirmed what I had said, that Tuesday, a standalone game, was a distinct possibility for the Steelers and the Titans. Yes, McLovin. Which do you think they, the NFL would want more, a Monday or a Tuesday? Because we were talking about spreading out the primetime schedule, maybe get some extra. But there is a finals game Tuesday. Yeah, I, I would think you want to keep it Monday night. I, I think you want to be as fair as possible to everybody involved here and not stretch it into a Tuesday. But I was just told that, hey... There's a chance it could be a standalone game on Tuesday. This day in sports history, Paulie, what do you have for me? Shocker. There's a lot of Babe Ruth stuff. Uh, Babe Ruth hit his 60th home run of the season, broke his own record. The record stood until 1961. So Babe Ruth held the single season home run record from 1927 to 1961. 1947, World Series televised for the first time. The sponsors paid a total of 65000 to sponsor the entire series between the Dodgers and the Yankees. And 1973, Hank Aaron finished the season one home run short of Babe Ruth's record of 714 home runs. He broke the record the first week of the season in 1974. And that was, he was in Cincinnati and homered off Jack Billingham. And then he didn't want to play anymore. He wanted to break the record at home. And Bowie Kuhn was the commissioner. 
and he made Hank Aaron play the rest of that series in Cincinnati, and then he came home and hit the home run off uh, Al Downing. Final results of the poll question, McLovin. What's a matchup you're looking forward to tonight? Everyone says Jimmy Butler versus LeBron James. Yeah, and I'm curious about Andre Iguodala and the role that he's going to play. And I've seen some people, whether it's uh, on shows or uh, in columns, like who needs the game more? Well, that's obvious. Miami needs the game more tonight than the Lakers do. The Lakers can you know, survive a loss. You know, Miami with a young team in the bubble, in the finals against LeBron, man, if you grab that first game, confidence level, that's where, that's where they become really dangerous. They're already dangerous. Maybe they lose in five, but, man, they got a lot to be proud of so far. But I don't want to seem like, they. hey, it's a nice, cute little story. What Miami did this year, and then to regroup and go into the bubble and have a young team, uh, but I do think they approached it the right way. You got a Hall of Fame coach in Eric Spolstra, Hall of Fame GM president in Pat Riley, Jimmy Butler took over. This is what Jimmy Butler wanted in some of his other stops. In Minnesota and Chicago, he wanted the younger players to listen to him. And he got into Minnesota, he's like, I don't want to be around these knuckleheads. They don't care. And you go in there with that team in Miami, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic, Jay Crowder, they all look to him. And he did, a, he did a wonderful job keeping that team together, not being afraid, not backing down. You know, they go through Milwaukee. Remember, they're going against the Greek Freak. And I went, don't be surprised if they win this game. Then the Celtics, you know, they, they did what they needed to do. Now you're on the big stage tonight. I just hope it's a competitive series. Uh, Todd, what did you learn today? Lamar Jackson cannot be saying publicly the Chiefs are the Ravens' kryptonite. No. McLovin. Greatest season ever, Robert Quinn. Yeah. Robert Quinn Jr. the third. In the last 14 years, <laughs> the greatest season for a defensive player. Uh, Seton O'Connor, what did you learn today? Today is Moldy Apple Cider Day. Get yeah, I, I had some. I didn't know what mold apples. Mold. Mold. M-O-U-L. M-U-L-L. M-U-L. Molds. Oh, not moldy. Oh, mold. Oh, a mule. Mold cider. Wait, how are you How are you spelling this? M-U-L-L-E-D. Mold. Oh, mold. Okay. Yeah, mold. I just had some. It tastes good. Mold cider. Mold it's cider. a beverage. Paulie, what did you learn? Uh, the I team has learned that the Ohio High School State Athletic Administration <laughs> is looking into Mason High School in the 70s for using foreign <laughs> objects during football games. And that was my brother. He tuned into the show as I'm telling that story, and he walked out of the room. Sources close to me tell me. What we learned brought to you by Home Depot, giving a shout-out to all you pros that are working hard every day. Delivery options to get you what you need exactly where you need it so you can keep doing whatever it is to get the job done. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you tomorrow. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, 
eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane, back to reality. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency and consistency scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality visit lazarusnaturals.com today lazarus naturals it's not about being the best in the world it's about doing what's best for the world not available in idaho iowa or south dakota